following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Life isn't better down where it's wetter on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Editorial writer, Vlor GTZ. And... Another editorial writer, Laser Kid. And joining us, uh, our returning guest. It's me, Grant. I'm sorry, I wasn't sure when I was supposed to talk. I'm here. <laughs> Clearly not a professional, though. <laughs> That's, uh, that's all right. Last time we had Grant on, it was to talk about Blade Runner Black Lotus. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here and not having to be like a grumpy grump this time. We Which is back on positive. the block right now, in the, in, the, in the back where it belongs. The best yeah. show. Yeah. Everyone loves it. That's Actually, my favorite. I do wish it was the last show on the block <laughs> instead of Made in Abyss, which... Even though it's a rerun, it'd be nice if it was a little earlier. Because <laughs> I'm not sitting through Naruto Shippuden and Blade Runner Black Lotus just to rewatch Made in Abyss for the fifth time. <laughs> and you don't have Toro and me to torture anymore this time, so it's not as impactful. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, ooh, that second season. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. Oh, boy, I have things to look forward to. <laughs> Yes. Perhaps someday that will air on Toonami. But uh, speaking of Toonami, which this podcast is about, they have graced us with some news this fine day as we are recording. Uh, a little earlier today, they dropped a schedule update for next Saturday, which I do hope to have this podcast out by then. <laughs> and that is, uh, they will be celebrating batman day with a couple of batman movies that will be uh yes the batman movies the bad movies which which batman movies are they going to show i'm genuinely curious well uh they first will be showing batman hush which they have never heard before okay and after that they will run batman mask of the phantasm the stone cold classic excellent yeah that's that's a great choice okay which feels appropriate because we've just come upon the 30th anniversary of Batman, the animated series. God, that wow. Be, that can't be God. true. It can't be that old. <laughs> uh, welcome to Ugh. the club, man. Welcome oh. to the club. Time. I was in mid-grade school when that show started. Yeah. I just attended a panel for the 35th anniversary of the 1987 Ninja Turtles cartoon. So. Oh, God. Huh. Oh God, help! I, wasn't even born. <laughs> I was six. Please don't say that. Please don't say that. That's that's, that's not okay. Cowabunga, dude. Okay, it's that's, a cowabunga. that's a Cowabummer. It's, yeah, it's a Cowabummer. <laughs> My God. Something Ugh. else that is a Cowabummer is trying to play the Cowabunga collection online with more than two. Uh, uh, oh. Tried it myself. Oh, so oh. have I. 
Is that the bad? The lag is very bad. Oh, they no. desperately need to patch that. Oh. While you're at it, add online multiplayer to the Manhattan Project and Turtles in Time SNES. Please. Wait, there's no online play. What? What's the point? Like the online plays for like the first <laughs> I arcade play game, with my friends. <laughs> Turtles in Time arcade game. For some reason, the Hyperstone Heist, which. I did not realize it was as bad as it is until I played it on the Cowabunga Collection, and I think Tournament Fighter Super Nintendo. Uh, see now, Tournament Fighters that was a I don't know I don't I haven't played it since I was like eight, but <laughs> yeah, Super Nintendo Tournament Fighters is Super is Nintendo a is a pretty good Street Fighter clone. Yeah, like yeah. we we had we had a lot of fun with it as you know we we babes little, little kids. Just oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I played that, that a, fun a game. lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. I rented it a whole bunch from my local blockbuster. Some Ooh. of those sound bites. Rising Thunder, Rising Thunder. Like, it's like it comes to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Rap <laughs> <Drown laughs> <that> voice. <laughs> Claw Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> Taking me back. See, now I got to go pick it up. I got going to go to Evo and make top eight in tournament fighters. Hell yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so trying to play that online is maybe not optimal, but uh, it does work okay. If you're doing two-player games, it works okay. So to that I say, since those work okay, then give us the two-player games for online multiplayer instead of just the four-player games, which don't play well when you have more than two people. But Sketch, we can't have nice things. We can't give We're not allowed. Now, uh, the Shredder's Revenge is really good. That, that Shredder's, is Revenge, Shredder's Revenge is amazing that you could play six players without issue. Yeah, that's... absolutely. And it's amazing. But you see, just... Konami put this out. Yeah. Yeah, they're, as a Dynasty Warriors fan, I know how rough some of their work can be at times. Despite the underlying game being good, it's like, what am I about to purchase here? Like, what's... Isn't that Koei? Koei oh, sorry. Yeah, Koei. I apologize. Brain, yeah. brain florped. I don't uh, really Konami know. Konami doesn't make games, as we all know. Uh, they make Pachinko. Yeah. Well, Digital Eclipse clearly put in a lot of effort oh, into the gosh. into the emulation of these games. All the extras is like it's a fantastic package, well worth forty dollars. Don't get me wrong. But if you buy it to play multiplayer online. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> That's. The, I really wish it had like Steam play together or something to get around that. That would be nice. That would be nice. My my pet theory is Digital Eclipse did all the work on everything except the online. <laughs> yeah, that makes all the sense. That makes too much sense. <laughs> but I might be throwing Konami under the rug unnecessarily here. Uh, still, they put out a really nice product, all things considered. I mean, they oh, yeah. put out some good collections. But that mostly chalks up to the people who were handling the emulations of these games as opposed to Konami themselves, which are just smart enough to realize that they can make money by banking on nostalgia. I will say it was nice that Konami got the the uh, design docs out of their vault. That was nice. Yes, absolutely. That was they they did a wonderful job bringing in all those materials. You have design docs, you have like marketing stuff you have print ads you have all kinds of stuff in there like it's it's interesting to see these design docs and they even bothered to translate the huh. text on them so you could kind of get that's an idea cool. of what they were doing i like, mean that's design docs for games that far back i can't think of a collection that's done that kind of thing before which is really I. most are like 
Oh, you have the box art. You, you know, you have some yeah, art gallery or something. Yeah, here's yeah. some art for uh, you know characters and stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in comparison, like the uh, the museum for the Mega Man collections looks very pathetic in comparison. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> those are rather. Uh, I was very though. Like, I was very different. happy for that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the games play fantastic, so I am yeah. not complaining. The only thing I'm complaining about that is that they had the gall to put the smallest amount of games on the physical cartridge for the Switch. <laughs> uh, my problem is, is all of Legacy Collections after the first one, because Capcom in-house summoned water safe states and rewind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are those? We don't we do not do that here at Capcom. But they do rewind in every single one of the games on the Cowabunga Collection. Absolutely, and it is. And save states. It is very nice to have those features. And there's a bunch of other extras that are really cool but they're inconsistent across them like some of the games you have a god mode where basically nothing hurts you but you don't have that on turtles nes the game that you would oh, want it the most turtles what NES. annoys me about that is you have the god mode is both you don't take damage and you instant kill everything i'd like to not take damage but i don't want to instant kill everything because that takes away the fun yeah that, does turtles, the that first Turtles NES game was scarring as a four-year-old because I was like, yeah, oh, I'm going to pick Mikey. God. He's my favorite. And it's like, oh, Mikey got <laughs> captured. He's getting yeah. tortured by Shredder. Pick a turtle. I was like, no, Mikey. They're like, pick a turtle. What about I, Mikey? You guys I feel you, but for me, it was Donatello. All the vines are electrified. Pick a turtle. Like, no. Well, if you lost Donatello, you lost the game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, and he was also my favorite so, growing up. So uh, he not only was OP, he was also my favorite. So I used him like for everything. He's very essential. Agreed. It's a it's a it's a wonderful package, and uh, I highly recommend people get it. But if you want to play Turtles online, get Shredder's Revenge. It's also like legitimately as much as I love the old Turtles games, and I really do. It's a better game. Shredder's Revenge is a totally better game. It's a better game. It's better than Turtles in Time. I never thought I would say. I I I agree, and I never thought I'd say that either. Mm -hmm. Turtles in Time is amazing. Yes. But Treasure Revenge is just that much more amazing. It's so good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. uh, How does this relate to Batman? Well, there was a crossover with the Ninja Turtles of Batman. There you go. We're not just old and like old things. Uh, They're totally relevant. (laughs) Totally. Totally, totally, totally relevant. Somebody said Cowabunga. That's the reason. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Of course, I brought up Ninja Turtles before that, so... <laughs> all right, I'll admit it. We're all looking for the guy who did this. Pizza slice. We're all looking for the guy who did this, I say, as I'm wearing a Ninja Turtles shirt. Yeah. <laughs> How could the turtles do this? <laughs> I'm literally an anthropomorphic rat in a bathrobe. I'm like, I don't know. Let's not point any fingers here. <laughs> Oh, I hope there's more episodes of I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> the the Twitter accounts for it have been a constant amusement. <laughs> Corn Cop TV. Keep rolling, baby. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, another Batman night. They did, in fact, uh, announce that they are not doing DC Fandom this year, which is the reason why they did Batman movies the previous two years. But because live appearances are back in uh, uh, fashion, (laughs) 
they're doing them again. They're doing San Diego Comic-Con, that sort of New York Comic-Con, that sort of thing. They don't feel like they need to have an online convention. So, yeah, they're not doing that. But Batman Day is still a thing, so we're celebrating with Batman movies. So the actual schedule for that night will be uh, Primal at midnight. It will be the final episode of season two. Then at 12.30, Batman Hush, which is uh, an interesting Batman movie. I recall liking it pretty well, but it's not like long Halloween good. <laughs> it's it's pretty good, though. And then at 2.30. Yeah. At 2.30, well, quite a few Batman movies, actually. But at 2.30, you have Batman, The Mask of the Phantasm, which is long halloween good mm-hmm. oh, okay that's fair <laughs> and whether or not they actually air as part of tsunami they follow that at 4 15 a.m with samurai and shogun parts one and two the rick and morty cgi anime shorts which historically have been listed on these schedules and yet not actually had tsunami bumpers give me rick and morty bumpers tsunami <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. So that's the schedule. Primal, a couple of Batman movies, and a couple of Rick and Morty shorts. So because of that, there's still going to be the question of what will air at midnight the week after Primal ends and the week before Housing Complex C starts airing. We don't know, but... They could do more DC movies. They could double up Yashihime to make up for not airing it that week. They could double up Lupin and just move Yashihime up early. And, uh, and lots of things that they could do. Don't expect anything really exciting. <laughs> but we we shall see. We shall see. But, Yeah. Batman Hush, it's worth checking out. And if you somehow haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm, definitely watch that. Yeah, that's oh yeah, one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I remember when that was in theaters, you had credits going, yeah, that's better than the live action one. And it is. <laughs> and it is. Yes. Yes, it is. It's one of the top three as far as I'm concerned. Top three Batman movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right up there with 66 and with Lego Batman. Those are <laughs> my canon favorites. You're a man of discerning taste. What can I say? I mean, I'd swap out 66 for 89, but otherwise I'm pretty much on the same list. I do like 89 quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Batman 66, the show and the film. So. Oh yeah, no, they're they're fun. I've been finding opinions on Batman Returns have only gotten worse. Oh, yeah. Batman Returns is. uh, (laughs) No. But, you know, Batman 89 still holds up, I think. Yeah, I watched it relatively recently. It's still still quite good. It's also just I don't know. It's so refreshing to see. I don't know how to put it. It's like I don't want to say that, like, all films shouldn't be good. But like, you know, films from 20, 30 years ago or whatever, good, bad and different. They're just they're done in a slightly different Hollywood style than the modern stuff, which is just Mm -hmm. it's almost a little too well done at times. Like, I don't know. There's there's some rough edges and weirdness to older films. that's just very comforting. (laughs) 
Like even it's when they're charming. Like, yeah, there's a it's charm. sort of like listening to vinyl versus listening to a CD or an MP3. Yeah. There's, a, there's a feel to it. Yeah, and it, it certainly helps that. I mean, look, I love CG because it can do all kinds of stuff. But it's like, wow, people on sets and they have to understand lighting. They can't just fix it all in post. Like, it's like, man, look at all this. You know, <laughs> uh, people actually on a set talking to each other and not just in front of a green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they really abuse the green screen these days. Yeah, it's a bit much. It's like, come on, come on, gang, work with me here. Like, like it, it's nice to use CGI where you know it, that's what the best way to do it. But there sure. are other ways to do a lot of other things. And yeah. just go, oh, we could just CGI it. Well, no, you shouldn't. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know. It's it's a bit much sometimes, and you lose something. You lose something when all when everything is CG and the actors are all. I don't know. It's too much. When everything is CG, nothing is CG. <laughs> In a world. Uh, all right. So, upcoming special Batman night. Maybe there will be more DC movies later in the year. They, they do have that... Uh, they do have Black Adam to remote. And there is at least one Black Adam short film <laughs> it's it's not a movie per se it's uh it's it's kind of a long episode and that's pretty good with uh shazam and superman versus black adam saw that mm, quite a few years ago pretty good i wouldn't mind them running that though i don't really have any idea what else they could air <laughs> there's probably something and other times they just, you know, run whatever they feel like it just to build the time. <laughs> and there's that Made in Abyss movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if they can pull that one off. Well, if they can't pull off that movie, they can't air season two. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> and I don't just mean that, like, people would be very lost if they didn't see no, you're talking the movie. About the, uh, I mean, the costume. There's still some things in the movie that are maybe uh, too much for S&P compared to what happens in season two, but you know, it, it's all pretty weird. <laughs> uh, that's a good description of Made in Abyss in a nutshell. Such a happy show. <laughs> oh, it's Something a happy show. A happy, sunshine and happy rainbows. Full the of Abyss in the title is the dead giveaway. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. We're not here to talk about the abyss hull. We're here to talk about the abyss at the bottom of the sea. It is the Fishman <laughs> Island arc of One Piece. Uh, but first, Tsunami more recently aired the Film Z tie-in arc of One Piece, which is fairly inconsequential. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it ever so briefly. Uh, why, why does this even tie into film Z? I mean, it's really, it, it just, has just a new Navy. Barely. Oh boy. Yeah, barely, but it's there. We exist. You guys come see us in the movie. <laughs> also tying the film into a movie that is not canon in any way. <laughs> That's called yeah. wisdom. when your brain gets big enough you'll understand (laughs) it literally can't take place because 
as soon as the Straw Hats get to, okay, all right, all right, if it took place right after this mini arc, before they got to Punk Hazard, I guess technically maybe. <laughs> but no, not really. Because as soon as they get to Punk Hazard, they are on a whirlwind adventure with destinations. One after the other, after the other, after the other. All the adventures kind of explode because of the <laughs> other event. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, they kind of did the same thing for uh, Strong World. They had the tie-in for that. Yeah, but Strong World mm-hmm. actually could have fit. Kinda, yeah. It's like other than like everyone being together, like the actual like it's hard to like time that out just right. But like the actual content and like the villain they're fighting, that could have been an arc, right? And like Oda was involved, so it all fits pretty well. But it is like okay, when would they have had time for this with all of them there? It, you know, it would have had to have been before they got to Sabaody after Thriller Park, That's, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it, it could have happened, right? So like it that could have happened. Yeah, yeah, it was like you know. It, 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 thankfully, the movie event is not very long. It's like a day. Yeah. The one oh, sure. <laughs> that reminds me of a sure. short-lived podcast thing I was doing with a friend of mine, and it was where we were talking about all the Dragon Ball movies, and oh. one of the like challenges that we we gave ourselves at the end of every episode was trying to make it fit in canon, and it just oh, worked. No. There's and, only like one of them that works. <laughs> yeah, kind of. it's like so it, it, over time we just had to keep coming up with more and more complex like deep fandom wiki like okay so if they use the dragon balls to wish for another dimension right like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was but the only one you don't have to fight around is movie nine <laughs> yeah that could have happened but, before trunks went back to the future yeah that's that one is, is plausible but a lot of them it's oof, it's rough oh it's god my, my favorite one's actually the first one it's just like uh how does nobody how does people not recognize gohan if this happened before z yeah. Oh, yeah, Dead mm-hmm. Zone. Yeah, Dead yeah. Zone. Good, though. Mm-hmm. But then you run into the problem that they actually have the Garlic Jr. arc. Uh, we don't talk yeah. about the Garlic Jr. arc in the Dragon Ball fandom. We don't hey, talk now. about the hey, Sacred Water. We talk a little bit about it because of Kevin's white suit. That mm. look is killer. That is, that is a killer look. You that is a great wrong. look for the best boy. However, there's not much else to talk about, really. <laughs> well, I mean, he did name his daughter after his fake girlfriend in that arc. Ooh. <laughs> Decisions were made. Decisions did, were made. Did, did Toriyama actually name her after that? Or I don't is, know if it was intentional. Legitimately, I don't know if it's intentional, but they're both named Marin. I know that there's there no is, telling there, with Toriyama. There's a there food really pun for Marin's name. Yeah, like I said, there's no tell. Well, like Grant said, there's no telling. Because <laughs> I know I mean, parts if, of. Parts of Z's anime and the manga were running coherent, co-currently. That's why there's so much filler. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, by the time that Krillin's daughter was introduced, obviously those the that filler would have aired. Oh, so, long beforehand. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing ideas from the filler writers, are we, Toriyama? <laughs> no, there's no way to know, though. Even if you asked credit. him, he would he would probably just say, like, Dragon Ball? Isn't that for nerds? Like, he would, <laughs> he would know or The man doesn't remember anything about his own story. He God, forgot I, Master Roshi, for God's sake. He'd still be thinking, he'll be like, 
did I ever tell you that I worked on Dragon Quest? And that's pretty much probably the end of it, right? Like, he's like, I do a lot of guys with the Ah, Dragon Quest. I remember that game Dragon series. Togashi has entered the chat. Yeah. <laughs> tell me more about that. There was actually recently uh, some clip from an interview between Oda and Toriyama. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> What is it with uh, that Kalpate? one obsessed Dragon Ball fan? Only this time it's Oda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You. I mean, if there is not like the like most clear difference between these two manga in terms of like not only what they do but what they think about their work and how they like care about it, because Oda's like, I'm the biggest Dragon Ball fan. And, oh, you remember how you made Tao Pei Pei? You threw the log and Oda. <laughs> like Dario was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like he's like, I, did I do that? Like, <laughs> I love it. I think it has to do with the writing style because Tori almost very much a discover writer. He kind of makes it up as he goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The writers of this filler arc were clearly making things up as they go. Oh, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's just a rule of filler writing right there. So, after the Straw Hats have uh, a, a, a lovely... Uh, well, it's not a reunion, but they meet some possible other family members of Laboon's whale family. And then they uh, up on the, uh, they get up on the surface and suddenly there's marine ships everywhere. But it's all a mirage. The weather in the new world is very strange. <laughs> so Luffy's like, I'm going to punch them. Wait a minute. They're disappearing. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, guys. It's all just a mirage. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, now that we've dealt with that weather weirdness, they decide, let's have ourselves a meal. Because, you know, default with the Straw Hats is Sanji cooks something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sanji meat! Now. So Sanji goes and he starts cooking some food. And then he calls some of them to come check out the food. But the food is gone. (gasps) <gasps> what could be the cause of the food disappearing? Apparently, okay, it's a, Luffy. Get it's out a very, here. very tiny creature. They think it's some kind of ghost bug. Ah, uh, yes. It was not, in fact, Luffy that sold food this time. No, yeah, not this. Well, I mean, <laughs> give Sanji some credit. His immediate thought was, you guys ate it, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? I don't blame him. That would be my first assumption as well. Mm-hmm. No, they're dealing with a very... Tiny person, <laughs> very tiny person. Just a little who, guy. Who? Uh, yeah. Who? Uh, I will resist. Is actually a uh, dress rehearsal reference. <laughs> a giant. She is a giant, and therefore has a giant appetite. That's the logic we're going with. You know uh, that feels consistent with One Piece's world, so I'm I'm not even gonna argue with it. <laughs> yeah. So after she eats everything in the pantry, and they finally. Uh, they don't really catch her so much as they just kind of stop. <laughs> and then she introduces herself and like, oh, you're a you're a, a tiny person. And then she's like, oh, yeah, but I can also go giant. Because apparently that's the better choice when everybody's, you know, <laughs> about to smash her. You smash me, I smash you first. But she gets thrown off into the water, and as she is a devil fruit user, that's bad. <laughs> she's starting to drown because she's falling like a hammer. So Sanji, diligent guy that he is, jumps in and rescues her. 
And now we have to question the logic of the fact that she is a giant and has the power to turn into tiny. Why would she revert back to tiny when she lands in the water where her powers aren't supposed to work? That is a good question because the filler writers didn't think of it. <laughs> I think they were thinking, well, it'd be a lot easier for Sanji to grab her if she wasn't a giant. That's true. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, we'll, we'll play with this. Maybe because she ate that fruit, her default form is the tiny. Oh, that could be. I could see maybe, that. Maybe. 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 The, it, the, the fruit permanently changed her body physique, and now the power is to grow larger, not to go smaller. See? See? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, 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 whatever. We'll do it live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get a pass this time, filler writers. <laughs> maybe. I'm watching you, though. They get her back on the ship. She explains her situation that she's actually a giant who ate a fruit that makes her able to grow tiny. And she explains that one of her special abilities is climbing inside of people and expanding until they explode. So she could have took down Thanos. Yeah, she could have. And then, just because it's the smoking gun in the room... Nami's like, oh, yeah, if you did that with Luffy, he would just expand with you because he's entirely made out of rubber. Oh, this won't come up again, I'm sure. Well, not at all. In this episode, <laughs> the, the author is barely disguised fetish. <laughs> In this manga? I mean, really? Like... <laughs> right. Right. Uh well, Lily's dad's kind of a big deal. He's, he's uh, a famous chef pirate named Pons Fry, who is a bit of a Robin Hood with food. He, he, he steals food to make sure that people don't go hungry. And he has uh, recently been captured by the Marines because he stole food that was taken from the little people. <laughs> And I don't mean like a little bit. I mean like <laughs> the townspeople. The food was taken from them to feed the greedy nobles. Yeah, typical One Piece noble fashion. <laughs> uh, so he gets in trouble, and they're gonna cart him off to Impel Down, which seems a bit extreme <laughs> for <laughs> for uh, that kind of offense. But I guess you know you piss off the nobles, and then uh, <laughs> off to Impel Down you go. <laughs> Luffy's like, I've been to Impel Down. That place isn't fun. <laughs> I almost died there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Good thing Ivankov was around. <laughs> As I mentioned things that didn't actually air on Tsunami. Uh, you will never know the brave sacrifice of Bon Chan. <laughs> the, 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 the Chad himself, Bon Clay. Well, I mean, you can always look it up. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you haven't watched Impel Down, if you haven't watched uh, original Sabody to the time skip, please do. It's mm -hmm. good stuff. As much as I fully understand why what was skipped was skipped, man, what was skipped is good stuff. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah. So 
he's he's getting escorted by the Marines, and they gotta put him off on his own little raft because he's way way too big. He's a giant, after all. And you know, Usopp takes a moment, is like, oh yeah, giants. We know Dory and Broggy. Yeah, we're friends with those guys. <laughs> oh really? You know Dory and Broggy? You know about Elbaf? Yeah, we all know about Elbaf. We all know about Elbaf. Please <laughs> go to Elbaf. <laughs> Give us an LBAF arc, you coward! Now we're actually talking to Oda. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but the filler writers just had to, you know, twist the knife a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, someday, LBAF. Someday. Has to happen. Either that or the moon. <laughs> or why not both? Ah, yes, of course. Maybe Elbaf was, was always home. on the moon. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not even what I meant, but that's even better. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> our brains are aligning, V Lord. <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> and Momonga, you know, you know that guy, Momonga. So he... <laughs> are we saying that the Elbaf are minor, are, are whalers on the moon? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, well, I hope they're not whaling. <laughs> we like whales in one piece. We do. We do. We do. Balloon crying and throwing up on the floor. Laboon? <laughs> <laughs> oh forget forget Laboon. Brooke would be doing it. <laughs> he can't throw up. He'll just yeah. cry. He'll, he'll start to, to act like he's going to throw up. Oh, I feel sick. I'm going to throw Oh, but I can't. Oh, bone joke, and then <laughs> my stomach is bone dry. <laughs> I'll feel better tomorrow. Oh, 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 God. that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Thank you. No bones about it. <sighs> yes. Mm. <laughs> So Momonga, uh, what level in the Marines is he? He's like a vice admiral, something, something like that. Uh, he's the guy who escorted Boa Hancock to Impel Down. Again, things that didn't get shown on Toonami. Uh, and uh, he is now escorting Pons. And they are all attacked by the Neo-Navy. Ooh. Because we're tying into film Z. And this guy, Shuzo, he uh, he's trying to prove himself. So he's uh, trying to kill Pons Fry because he's a pirate. And that's what the Neo-Navy do. They just they kill pirates indiscriminately. I mean, as one does. You yeah. know, justice system? Who needs that? We just kill the pirates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, how do you which ones are pirates? Because I said they're pirates. <laughs> So soon we have a three-way battle between the Marines, the Neo-Navy, and the Straw Hats as they're trying to get custody of Pons Freiman. And, yeah, somehow this filler Neo-Navy guy has the techniques of the CP9 and they're actually a decent match against Luffy's hockey. Excuse me? Uh, I mean, hockey's not that big a deal, right? Everybody's got it. Yeah. Every, well, yeah, everybody, as, everybody as, in the New World had hockey, but... I mean, especially uh, Canada. 
Hey. Hey. I'm sorry. Bad joke on my part. Uh, you just take that joke with Zamboni and get out of here. <laughs> Red light abnormality. Who would have guessed? Only drum eyes. Despite being filled with Florida men. <laughs> Despite. Yes. Hey, it can take place in different places. Sure, sure. Florida man isn't really about location, right? It's a state of mind. Uh, <laughs> it's a state of mind, you say. There, there are many Florida men in, in one piece, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure. Uh, right. Uh, so... Zoro fights Bomanga, who's a decent swordsman, and Luffy fights Chuzo. They get away, and Luffy's like, "All right, now let's do that volcano cooking." And Chopper's like, "No, no, he's you know he's hurt." And he's like, "No, oh, I must repay their kindness. It would be shameful if I didn't do it. So I will give the Luffy man the food he wants." No, <laughs> oh, but. Sneaky, sneaky Neo-Navy. They trek the Straw Hats down and start attacking them. So, once again, we're fighting. And Luffy has to fight this Shuzo guy again. Only this time, a lily ends up inside of Luffy and expands to giant form. They're going to combine? Yes. They're combining. When did this turn into, into Gurren Lagann? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, strangely, doesn't rip Luffy's clothes, just kind of expands them. And because she's wearing this helmet with, uh, with horns on it, some horns poke out of Luffy's head. <laughs> it's probably best not to think too deeply about this. <laughs> But Devil Luffy. Where's where's the butt? Where's the boobs? <laughs> Come on. Ah, we don't we don't want to do that. I will say in the ex- expansion sequence, there was a time <laughs> when the camera the camera was kind of lingering on Luffy's pants, and I was like, stop. Okay, good. No, no, Jeez. let him finish. Let's see what's going on here, right? Let's, <laughs> let the man speak. That <laughs> shoes, I was like, well, now that you're big, you'll be slower. Luffy's like, ha-ha! Gear second! <laughs> <laughs> which, at, which, at which point, Luffy becomes the, uh, the Colossal Titan. Blowing off steam everywhere. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, that's a why doesn't that fry Lily to a crisp? Because <laughs> uh, you would think the heat would be really hot inside of his body. You would think, but apparently, no, it's fine. But we don't think about these things because this is a movie tie-in arc that has no importance. Uh, and this is, a, I guess, what is necessary for Luffy to be able to finally defeat this Shuzo guy. Sure. Okay. Giant drill kick. That 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 did it. They lost. Oh, by the way, these neo navy guys are so dedicated to their cause that when they run out of torpedoes, they're like, "We will use our own ships as torpedoes." 
oh, okay. That's a uh, cool. that's a lot of people dying. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people died in this story arc. <laughs> that's Lots okay, because it's filler. <laughs> they didn't really die if it didn't really happen. That's right. They're just sleeping. They're, they'll be awake in a few years. Well, see, what's really going on is they don't really exist, so they didn't really live either. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Whoa. Deep, I know. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's up there with we're going to live until we die. Oh, yeah. Technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> uh, we have definitely talked way too long about these four episodes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Now that they've uh, saved everybody again, they finally get that volcano cookie. They do a neat little sequence where they're showing him cooking over the volcano. It's like, oh, he's literally cooking things over the volcano. Cool. If you can smell what Luffy is cooking. Yeah. <laughs> the food is delicious. And then they part ways. And then we get back to the blue-haired girl, Ayn, who talked to Shuzo earlier in this arc and is now talking to the main big bad of film Z Zed himself. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you think that the, that the Marines know what we're up to? And he's like, no, 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 no. Those men will never talk. They're too proud. Those guys are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> My men will never talk even under threat of death. Well, yeah, if they're, willing to make themselves human torpedoes, then I suppose they're probably <laughs> willing to die for the cause and not say a word about your, frankly, insane plan to kill all the pirates. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Film Zed, it's on Netflix. Definitely it's, worth watching. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's interesting to compare the ideals of luffy and zed they obviously don't agree on many things <laughs> but uh zed zed is a compelling character because uh you, you can now kind of feel for his plight how he you know he he was a good man at one point but he just couldn't keep going the same path and eventually turn to extreme measures in order to you know, get revenge on pirates because he thinks pirates are so, so awful and the, that the <laughs> he actually believes that the world government isn't doing enough about pirates. <laughs> yeah, not enough. Totally. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. Now let us return to where we left off in the Fishman arc. Which was right about when Jinbei decided to tell everybody the uh, things that were happening 15 years ago on Fishman Island. And uh, every everybody's listening intently. Everybody who's there, anyway. <laughs> Everyone who is not named Luffy. Ah. Luffy, everybody's there. 
Sanji's look at there stoically. Nami's standing there in a pose that emphasizes her bust and butt. <laughs> and Luffy's sitting there quietly, and you think, oh, is Luffy actually, you know, being serious in this moment? No, he's asleep. He falls <laughs> asleep very he falls he asleep does. very early on in the... <laughs> He's a sleepy boy. He sleeps sleep whenever backstories are discussed. He has no interest in backstories. It just doesn't He's True. not interested. Just, as a backstory? All right, nappy time. <laughs> now, all right. Maybe that tea that he drank made him sleepy. Hmm? Hmm? I mean, he did the same thing when Nami was telling her backstory back in Kokoyashi. <laughs> I think this is pretty consistent. It is fairly consistent. I think he's yes. just allergic to lore at this point. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was... He just, you know, he's like, oh, backstory? Uh, wake me when you're done. You guys give me the cliff notes later. Actually, don't even do that. Don't even worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> what happened in the past? The, the world past can hurt. <laughs> but it's in the past. Bro, I'm not about to read all that. I'm yeah, exactly. happy for you. Or sorry I'm happy you. for you, or I'm sorry that happened. Uh, yeah, Luffy is the reason TLDRs exist, except for I don't think yeah. he'd even read those. No. The will of TLDR. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that might have to be the episode title. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> so, obviously, Jinbei has a lot to explain because letting Arlong go free, though he begrudgingly did so, kind of ruined Nami's life and everybody at Kobayashi Village and probably, quite frankly, a lot of other people. Yeah. But <laughs> he's like, but let me explain. A lot happened before that. The Fishman Islands, 15 years ago, there were two pinnacle figures. There was Fisher Tiger, the leader of the Fishman Districts, who fought for the freedom of Fishmen. And then there was the Queen, Otohime, who petitioned for the freedom of Fishmen. Very intently. Uh, and she she was a, a bit of an interesting uh, queen. <laughs> she tried to understand the problems of the people. Perhaps to an extreme amount. <laughs> uh, there's probably uh, something about her that can, she can actually feel the feelings of others. I, I think that that might be canon, that she can actually feel the feelings of others as uh, some form of hockey or mm. something. I could definitely see that. So she's very empathetic, but also extremely stubborn. So when she's berating somebody, she takes it to fairly extreme measures to the point of breaking her own hand. Uh... But to her credit, when she gives you a lesson, you tend to take it to heart. She, she really hammers it down. Though she can sometimes be kind of contradictory to herself. But Fisher Tiger, 
on the opposite end of the scale who rose up in the Fishman district, which was originally kind of a orphanage, but got too unruly and all the bad Fishmen started hanging around that town and it uh, became a lawless place. <laughs> but Darrell would like to hang out there. <laughs> that sounds like his kind of place. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Fisher Tiger rises up from that by proving that he could beat up any of them, including Jinbei. <laughs> <laughs> and he decides that he will go on a journey. And when he comes back, he talks to the king and the queen and says that he has witnessed human nature and he has to go free the slaves in Marie-Joie, which is a big, 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 big no-no, like the biggest no-no imaginable. And this is something Luffy already knows about, so it's okay he's asleep. Because <laughs> he heard it from Boa Hancock. Something else that did not happen on Toonami. <laughs> it happened in Amazon Lily. It did. <clears throat> so Fisher Tiger does manage to go to Marie Joie, free the slaves, indiscriminately freeing any slave of uh, any race. And then he escapes and he returns and he has to form the Sun Pirates as a way of, uh, you know, trying to evade the government for as long as possible. But he also forms the Sun Pirates as a way to take away the shame of slavery for anyone who was a slave by branding every member of the Sun Pirates with the sun symbol. And if they were a slave, the old symbol was branded over. So... Cleverly, nobody could distinguish whether somebody was a slave or not. Still, pretty hardcore to <laughs> brand all of your uh, all of your crew. <laughs> so, uh, and that also extends to a little girl named Koala, who they meet on their journey, who just wants to return home but is so damaged by her experience as a slave that when she meets the, the Sun Pirates, her immediate thought is, they're going to kill me if I don't start making myself useful. And there's just this disturbing smile on her face at all times because she's had these experiences where if you showed any kind of uh, displeasure it's your experience that it would only get worse because as we all know, the celestial dragons are terrible, 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 terrible people. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And naturally all the fishmen on fishman Island want nothing to do with humans because their only experience with humans tends to be bad. Pirates come into their town, wreck up places and then leave. Uh, they know about the slavery. They know how, Fishmen are treated if they go up onto the surface and the likelihood of them becoming slaves. It's a pretty tall order to ask the people of Fishman Island to accept humans and believe yeah. that there's any good ones out there. Yeah. So, tall order for Otohime. But darn it, she gonna keep trying. She keeps 
petitioning. She keeps giving speeches and rallies and runs around town trying to get people to sign the papers. Bless her heart. She just keeps trying. It's like that person on the street who's always telling you that they need your help to sign uh, this petition. Well, that, that Imagine that that's your queen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, among Fisher Tiger's group is uh, the Arlong Pirates. Arlong, Hachi, uh, the other guys whose names probably don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy with the with the long face, the lips, and uh, the fishman karate guy. They're, they're there. Uh, yeah, the, as they were part of the fishman district. And they had apparently formed the Arlong Pirates, but then when Fisher Tiger formed the Sun Pirates, he decided to join Fisher Tiger because he has a great deal of respect for Brother Ty, as he always calls him. And Jinbei also joins the Sun Pirates as he also has a tremendous amount of respect for Fisher Tiger. And before that, Jinbei was a member of the Royal Army for Fishman Island, guarding the Ryugu Palace and the, the king, the queen. But he had a debt to Fisher Tiger, so he decided to go with the Sun Pirates. And the Sun Pirates decide they're going to take Koala back to her home. They finally obtain a log post, an eternal post that'll get them to her home island. Arlong doesn't like this at all. He doesn't think that anything good will come from spending any time with humans and just assumes wants to kill the girl because she'll eventually grow up to hate them. But the others try to soften Koala's feelings towards fishermen and, frankly, anybody else who she doesn't know, because all the strangers in her life have been bad, bad people. And there's this great moment where Fisher Tiger tells her it's okay to cry. Oh. You don't have to bottle up your emotions anymore. It's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that one gets me, man. That that one is such a such a scene. Mm. It's beautiful. And now they spent a good amount of time with Koala, but she's still kind of not really sure if she is comfortable around the fishmen and. Hachi's like playing games with her and Arlong's picking on her, but he's the only one that's really doing that. And Jinbei's trying to understand why she's afraid of them. She says, you know, I just don't know much about you. And I'm scared. And Jinbei's like, hmm, somebody else had those feelings as well. He's talking about Otohime. It is not fear. Or hate, per se. It is fear, but it's not necessarily hate. True words, true words. This arc is about racism. <laughs> it, it, a little bit. Very unsubtly about racism. Who would have guessed? Also about drug abuse, but we'll get to that. Oh, God, I was waiting for that one. It, it's very much... It, it, the drug abuse storyline is almost basically like a, a after-school special level. Drugs are bad, okay? I mean, they're not mm-hmm. good. 
percent. Yeah. I mean, well, some, you know, it depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> steroids are bad. There, well, you know, actually, yeah, steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. steroids. Steroids have medical can... uses. Medical uses, yes. Drugs are bad. Asteroids. Using drugs for not medical reasons is a bad idea, kids. Athletic <laughs> enhancement is bad. <laughs> Consult with a doctor. <laughs> Consult, <laughs> you know. Consult with your physician. Drugs that will kill you in the long run that say that, hey, I'll help you now, but I'll hurt you later. Or a bad idea. Hey, <laughs> hey, Aladdin was the doctor on the ship. Does that make him the fish-tician? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Oh, <laughs> oh me. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty hardcore that Fisher Tiger branded a little girl. <laughs> But it's not the first time she was branded. <laughs> I guess. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Look, Mom, Dad, I have a cool tattoo. <laughs> Hachi's characterization feels rather inconsistent. It feels more like he is now than what he would have been back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, he's... You know, he he was kind of teasing Koala, but he, he seemed like a really nice guy back then. So why, you would think at the very least, when Arlong has Nami living with them, that he would be kind to Nami, but he he's not really. Though I suppose at that point in the story, he was written as kind of a goofy foil, if nothing else. Right. So there wasn't very much characterization to him other than, I'm the guy with many arms and swords that's going to fight Zoro. <laughs> Obviously, we get a lot more in, in Shaburi and in the Fisherman Island arc. But yeah, it just I have a hard time believing that Hachi would go from how he is then to how he is in the Arlong arc. It just doesn't yeah. quite work yeah. i mean this is a thing in in any time i mean obviously anime and manga do this relatively frequently right where you you introduce a villain and then later you're like oh well let me tell you the backstory and that'll change how you feel about him and but really the struggle with any of those attempts it's like okay did it's like am i supposed to like feel the characterization can get weird because, again, it's like, you know, when I, when I first met you, you were a mustache or, you know, tentacle twirling villain. Now, you know, I have to take you seriously. And then on top of that, you know, am I supposed to feel bad for you? It, it's it's tough, right? It gets it gets weird. Here so. comes the redemption arc for Vander Decken. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, that ain't ever going to happen. Uh, I did not expect to see Arlong cry ever. No, I didn't either. But, well, when they finally take Koala to her home island at Fisher Tiger, first of all, this was a bad idea. Why not take more than one? And, uh, like, you, you should. I know they're not trying to scare the locals, but for their own safety, they probably shouldn't have just sent Tiger on his own. Yeah. It's just saying. But, of course, the locals are like, oh, no, a, f a fishman, a koala, you're, you're, you're just, uh, you're just not thinking straight. They're, they're bad. They're bad people. I'm like, no, they're nice. 
Not even gonna thank him for saving your daughter. That's uh, that's that's real great, lady. That's, that's yeah, real nice. Wonderful. Of course, a great example. They have the dilemma that their way of ensuring that Koala gets to come home safe and isn't returned to slavery is to make a deal with the Marines for an opportunity to capture Tiger. So that's how that goes. And uh, right. <laughs> he, he fights his, his way as best as he can, and eventually Jinbei comes to help and <laughs> does a number on Admiral Strawberry. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> that guy took a beating. But he's been badly wounded. They've shot him many, many times, and they get him onto the ship, and they're on a uh, Marine ship, as opposed to their own ship, which was largely destroyed. And all they have are the blood of everybody that's there and the blood that they have from the Marines' supplies. And none of the fishermen have the right blood to give Tiger a transfusion. So Aladdin setting him up with some human blood is says, no, I will not have that running through my veins. Let me tell you, even though I believe we shouldn't hate humans, I have so much hate in my heart that I cannot possibly accept their pity after this. I was once a slave. When I went out on my original journey, I became a slave. I escaped, but then decided to come back to Marijuana in order to save the others. I cannot possibly accept this blood. I would rather die. So he does. He dies because he will not <laughs> take human blood. And this causes the Sun Pirates to gradually fall apart. And Arlong's the first one to run off, or swim off rather, <laughs> to the island where Tiger was shot and start causing trouble for the Marines. And unlucky for him, Borsellino is hanging out there and makes quick work of him. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> Which is to say, if Hordy Jones had actually went up to the service and tried to fight the Marines, he would have gotten his ass kicked <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yeah. All it took was one kick from Kizaru. And... That's it. Arlong's coming in. He's getting sent to Impel Down. But not before a little interrogation, which he tells uh, a little white lie that Fisher Tiger would have survived if humans had offered blood to him. And Jinbei admits that that's close to the truth, but not really. And, and Latin tells him, let Arlong say his little white lies. Because if we had let it out that Fisher Tiger was a slave, then it would have tarnished his reputation. I don't know why they're that concerned about that, but they're concerned about what they're concerned about. But because of this, uh, the Sun Pirates 
are really at ends because they're uh, you know, <laughs> they're constantly under threat from the Marines coming after them. But Strawberry, who was whooped by Jinbei, makes a suggestion that they bring Jinbei in to become one of the warlords. And that works out in their favor. Because if Jinbei becomes one of the warlords, he can grant amnesty to all the previous slaves and all the other members of the Sun Pirates so they can go home to their families and live normal lives if they choose to. Total win. <laughs> the only problem is Jinbei is looked as as a traitor by the other fishermen and a government lapdog. And everybody's concerned that if the government tells Jinbei to go do something that he doesn't want to do, he's going to be forced to do it. And to that I say, yeah, but he still ended up at Impel Down. Yep. <laughs> so, hmm. <laughs> well, I think those fears were quite unfounded. Perhaps. Well, it does make sense that they would be concerned that the slaves would have to return to being slaves and that uh, the, the others would be persecuted for the crimes that the whole crew committed. But yeah, it might have been jumping to conclusions there. But on the upside, depending on how you look at it, uh, because Jinbei has joined the warlords, it gives uh, Queen Otohime a chance to talk to the world nobles. Though that doesn't come about quite organically. <laughs> uh, though I suppose it technically does, because uh, when the slaves return to Fishman Island to go about their lives, one of the world nobles, one of the celestial dragons, is like, hey, some of those are my slaves. I'm going to go get them back. And even though his dad is like, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, stupid. don't 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 be stupid. I'm gonna be stupid anyway. Stupid young noble decides to take matters into his own hands. Uh, manages to wreck his ship and get all of his crew killed. So when he arrives, he's in terrible shape. But he's still making demands because he's a celestial dragon, and that's what they do. Eventually, his previous slaves come to face to face him, and hold guns up to him. I was like, you know, <laughs> you put us through hell. We have every right to kill you. But they are stopped by Otohime managing to protect the celestial dragon in the last minute. And uh, as previously explained, she has a rather frail body. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's, it's not good when she gets shot. <laughs> but it just grazes her. And she tries to convince them to put down their weapons. But this piece of crap <laughs> celestial dragon takes advantage of that moment, gets his gun back, and holds up the gun to hold the queen hostage. Well, things don't go quite as well for him as he'd hoped, because suddenly, Shirahoshi lets out a big scream and giant sea creatures <laughs> appear. And scare the crap out of him. <laughs> Which uh, causes him to pass out. 
Now, this is also the moment when Vander Decken's like, ooh, she summoned those sea creatures. I know about this legend. Only my family knows about this legend. Or so I think. I must marry her. Yeah, but she's like a little girl. I don't make sense. Don't ask me to. Oh, oh Vanderdecken. I wish you didn't exist. <laughs> I wish you didn't exist too. He's kind of he, he he's not only squicky, he's also incredibly stupid. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, after that, Aladdin begrudgingly offers to treat the guy because all the other doctors were kind of refusing to do it. And they managed to patch him up, get him a ship, get him a crew to take the ship up to the surface. He's not taking any of his quote-unquote property back with him, but he's being allowed to return to the surface. Uh, He's already making threats about how the fishmen will pay for their disrespect. What a piece of crap this guy is. Oh, that's a celestial dragon for you. Mm-hmm. And also he may offers to go with him in order to have a conversation with the world nobles. Okay. Well, that's a scary prospect. <laughs> Surprisingly, she does manage to make it back. Uh, thus proving what she wanted to prove to the whole kingdom, that while... The king could have gone and been perfectly safe. They really couldn't have harmed him in any significant way because he's a big, strong warrior man. Her little frail self was able to go up to the surface, speak to the world nobles, and return with a notice explaining that the world nobles were willing to bridge the relationship with the fishermen. I have a hard time believing that's actually the case. (laughs) Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the world nobles do things that you would find contrary to their prior actions. But I I don't know about that. But with that hope in their hearts, they managed to get many, many, many petitions signed. And after several more days of collecting, they've collected quite a lot of signatures. But that is when tragedy strikes. The signatures are set on fire, which causes a distraction. The queen runs up to try to save what signatures she can. And in the calamity, she is shot. And it's so sudden. And even though... Doctors arrive pretty quickly. It's too late. She just wants to spend her final moments with her children. And previously she explained to her sons that if Shirahoshi would ever to experience something traumatic, she might cause the Sea Kings to appear and it could destroy the whole kingdom. So they have to grow up to be strong warriors and protect their sister. But in this moment... When, as you would imagine, Shirahoshi is very upset that her mother seems to be dying in front of her eyes. She's screaming, and the Sea Kings are definitely coming, but her brothers suddenly jump in front of her view and start 
doing ridiculous things, which apparently stick because they're still doing them when they're 15 years older. Well, you got to do what you got to do. The tragic backstory of their bizarre quirks. Really? Did we really have to do that? Well, it works in the moment. And immediately, Fukuboshi is like, Mother, I will make whoever did this pay. She says, no. Do not get revenge for me. Don't fill your hearts with, with those thoughts. It doesn't matter who killed me. Just let it go. We have to move beyond this. Like, uh, it's a lovely sentiment, but... <laughs> Could could still look for some justice here, maybe. <laughs> just uh, just just an ounce of justice, a crumb yeah. of justice, me lord. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. Justice, there, there's a difference between going on a rampage revenge screed and hey, let's find out who did this and make them, you know, serve time for it. You know, literally ignoring an entire murder. <laughs> oh no, we don't need to worry about it. It's fine. Like I get the idea of yeah, no, don't mob justice this, but there is a difference between justice and mob justice. Mm-hmm. True, true. And that's what happened 15 years ago. Oh yeah, and in that very dis- d- distressing moment when Shirahoshi first notices that her mother might be dying, Vander Deccan walks up and is like, "Oh, don't mind me." <laughs> and away I go. <laughs> and that's how he manages to touch her and is able to start sending her things relentlessly. Oh, Van Deccan, <sighs> you horrible piece of crap. There's also this moment where they actually explain a use for the tomate box. And one of his crewmen's like, well, if you have her open the tomate box, she'll instantly get older. And Vander Decken's like, yes, if she turns older, then it won't be as creepy. (laughs) She's still going to have the brain of a child, but... Oh, don't worry about that, sir. We already think you're a creep. Oh, that's right. Well, I could just wait 10 years or something. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Man, oh, it's man. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. And thus ends story time with Jinbei, in which point Luffy is like, oh, wait, I was asleep for most of that. Oh, what? There was a story? Yeah. Let's go kick somebody's ass. And that's when Robin shows up and is like, I saw a Poneglyph. And uh, at this point, uh, Jinbei and Luffy have a little bit of a disagreement as to how to proceed. (laughs) Because uh, some of his crew are, uh, at least he thinks some of his crew are, are trapped. And they also have to save the king. And, and Jinbei's really trying to get Luffy to understand that if Luffy rushes in and whoops Hordy's ass as he should, yeah, he it's gonna have bad optics. What they need to happen is to set up a stupid scenario in which the people of Fishman Island all want Luffy to save them. 
Okay? That That's apparently what we're going with. So after they have a very short fight, which Robin stops and manages to redirect their punches at each other and also Sanji. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah, and he, Sanji can always take a punch. It's it's never undeserved. Mm-hmm. Especially in this arc. Oh, boy. Uh, they, they finally come up with their plan, which... Uh, it's not a good plan. <laughs> but uh, Shirohoshi and Jinbei arrive first, and Jinbei gets caught for reasons. <laughs> and then after they finally get the people to call out for Luffy to be their hero, he appears! Once again, hiding in the poor shark. <laughs> but it, at least Megalo wasn't, uh, you know, <laughs> suffering from having Shirohoshi in his mouth. Too. Oh, God. Poor Megalo. Yikes. <laughs> shark abuse. So much shark abuse. Many sharks were harmed in the filming of this uh, arc. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Uh so now we've come to the big battle. And it sure is a lot of fighting. <laughs> we do get we, we do finally get a mecha. They finally get the robo. Yes, yes. Frankie busts out some new toys. Uh a motorcycle and a tank. And was there a third thing? I think it was just uh, two things. I think it was the two, and then they and then they combine. They combine into General Frankie. And all the boys are like, that's so cool. And Robin and Nami are like, meh. <laughs> Chicks if do only not Ors, dig giant robots. If only Ors survived this long, he too could have seen the robo. Aw, he would have enjoyed it. He would have. He definitely would have enjoyed it. Also, the ridiculousness of uh, General Frankie that some of the moves are just Frankie opening a window and attacking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh, because that would be the most amusing thing. That makes perfect sense. Also, I love the tank with the... What What kind of animal head is it? Uh, is it... Um, I don't remember what kind of animal it is, I but don't <laughs> but it it shoots a beam like and goes. Ah. Yep, yep, I remember that. Ah. that Fantastic. I know the motorcycle's a rhino. Ah, that bothers me. What what was that other one? Hmm. Meh. Yeah, and uh, Hordy's crew all have a. Uh, very specific skills. Uh, there's the cookie cutter shark who wrecks up the the candy factory. I'm sure there'll be no repercussions for that. No, not at all. <laughs> and we get kind of a kind of a a sequel to the fight that the Chopper and Usopp have in uh, Alabasta against the Mole Lady. Kind of, kind of a sequel to that. I do enjoy 
Usopp and Chopper work de- working together. They are a fantastic duo because one is a liar and one is just will believe anything you tell it. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> Nami uses her weather powers to attack multiple enemies at once. Uh, Robin unleashes her big limb powers and wrecks up some dudes. Uh, Usopp busts out his plants. And Sanji proves that he can fly through the air and find himself on fire. All right, Sanji. Hey, it's it's more useful than the, the uh, fountain of blood from earlier. Yes, certainly. And Zoro just has more advanced uh, sword techniques. And he has to fight the, the kind of drunk guy. <laughs> the drunk swordsman fishman guy. Who's really a pushover, but not as much of a pushover as the other guy who's like, I'm the greatest swordsman in this whole crew. <laughs> no, you're not. You don't no. even exist in the manga. <laughs> I am the strongest swordsman in this filler second. Oh, I'm by, by now. Zoro, like, cuts the bulb off of his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a little hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoro does what Me- Zoro does. Meanwhile, Luffy takes a long time of not doing much of anything. <laughs> but the Kraken gets involved. And Hordy's like, you know what I'm going to do to my to your brother if you don't do what I say? And then Luffy's like, hey, don't worry about that. I'll beat up Hordy. Okay, you protect the mermaid princess. And that works. Yeah. <laughs> Soda May is back in play. Well, what do you know? The, the carrot works better than the stick sometimes. Indeed. <laughs> and, uh... That one guy on Vendor Deccan's crew, that that big, big guy who manages to get bigger and bigger because he's a blowfish. Yeah, that that guy. <laughs> yeah. Who uh, ticks off Sanji because he, uh, uh, he 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 like messes around too much in the battle area and is is uh, potentially gonna hit Nami and Robin. He's like, no, I won't allow that. For I am Simp Supreme. <laughs> oh yeah, eventually he kicks him around. Because that's what Sanji does. Yep. Kick things really hard. Zoro slashes things. Sanji kicks things. It's it's exactly what you expect stretches. out of him. <laughs> Luffy stretches. Usopp hides yells. in the corner. Yep, yep. Yeah, that sounds like Usopp. Brooke ends up fighting... Oh, what's what's this guy named? Zio? This Zoidberg-looking guy? Oh, gosh. Who definitely studies from the same book as... Uh... <laughs> Windblow from the... From Kung Pao Under the Fist. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes! My face to your foot technique! I meant to do that! No, no, you didn't. And you're not even good about hiding. But this guy can turn invisible, right? But then he's always getting, like, stepped on. Sure, sure, okay, okay. And eventually everybody starts taking the pills. Get we stronger. got to do the pills, you guys! 
Meanwhile, Hordy's been like chowing down on him for the whole time. He's like, anybody says something, and he's like, oh, more pills. Hordy's just like, yeah, it's, it's like gamer fuel, man. I just down it. Yeah. Just keep keep on. Keep on with that. And then eventually Luffy and Hordy fight, and Vander Decking gets involved in st- stupidity. <laughs> Uh, eventually, Vander Decken uses his power to send the big ship, the Noah, uh, and send it flying above Fishman Island so that when he deactivates his power, it'll come crashing down. Because at this point, he's like, well, if sure she doesn't want to marry me, then I'll kill her and everybody else. And yeah, Hardy's like, you know, Vander Decken, I don't like you, but I like that idea. <laughs> But I don't like you, so I'm gonna try to kill you now. Even a Horty doesn't like Vanderdecken. Just to just to speed things up, and I can't believe this. There were moments when I was like, "Man, I hope Vanderdecken doesn't pass out," because <laughs> that would make the situation worse somehow. <laughs> uh, gosh. I, well, you know, we could also agree. I don't hope he doesn't pass out because I want him to feel that pain. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, see, see, you can have it both ways. I suppose you can. Uh, so Luffy and Hardy fights, and it's uh, actually over pretty quick. Surprise. <laughs> it's not it should have been over even should have been over even quicker, but they extended it ever so much. <laughs> and then Hardy Hulkifies himself at the end there. And yes, he does. Still gets jobbed almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. He's a terrible, terrible antagonist. He's not a very good character. He's not. A, he, he's a horrible antagonist. He's just kind of there. Mm. It's sort of like they wanted to do Arlong again, but Arlong is God knows where. Yeah, he's, he's basically dollars for Arlong. I mean, He's when they first really like introduced him in the arc, I thought it like it was gonna be Arlong because they like try to hide his like face and appearance, and then when it's just as him, it's just disappointing. Like, oh, hundred percent. True that. So so much so that when Fukuboshi, the eldest of the three sons, is fighting him, and finally asks him. Why are you so filled with hatred? What did humans do to you? And he says what you think he's going to say. Not a damn thing. You know, I'll give Arlong this much credit. He legitimately hated humans. He had reason to. Not reason to then go about enslaving yeah. people. No, he, he took the... But he, he had reason to hate humans, to be sure. He had legitimate grievances. His reaction to those grievances is toxic, but there were grievances, at least. This guy... Nah, I'm, I'm just a jerk. Yeah, he's doing for the heck of it. Well, and on top of that, we, we learned, oh, hey, by the way, I killed her. I killed the queen. I set up some human to kill her. Wow. Wow. This is a very dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, oh, but, but why, but it gets, though? It gets better. Shirahoshi knew the whole time. Dun, but she dun, wouldn't dun. tell. She wouldn't tell anyone because she didn't want to, you know. Uh, she, she didn't want to trample on her mother's wishes. 
not to get revenge. It's like, okay, okay, I understand that, but you probably should have told your dad, you know, so that they could maybe make sure he gets arrested. There doesn't exactly sound safe. I mean, it wasn't safe because look at what all the shit he did. Yeah. He did he did many, many bad things. He did a bad, bad thing. Many, many bad things. Uh, um, uh, all right. Well, I, I suppose one could argue uh, if only the shark knew and only the shark told Shirohoshi, he's like, well, where'd you find out? Uh, Megalo told me. The shark tells you? That's not admissible in court. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe in Fishman Court, anything can happen in Fishman Center. <laughs> get out the shark law book and see if there's a loophole. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But it, I really I really dislike that story. I, like, I wish she didn't know. I would, I would prefer her knowing that. is just weird. Like I like the the story beats that are, that are in there about you know cycles of hatred and how you have to stop the cycle. That's a great story idea. But then it muddles itself in oh, but I wouldn't want to stop so- an individual person that I know is bad though. Yes, you would. What do you think Luffy's doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. Oh, it's not my problem until. Okay, now it's my problem. Yeah. Good grief. Good grief. Yeah, so after those startling revelations, uh, Luffy knocks out Horty, and then the Noah starts descending because Vanderdecken got knocked out. And they gotta do something about that. So Luffy decides to destroy as much of the Noah as he can, which, by the way, is kind of a bad thing because the the Noah is a very important boat. (laughs) But at this point, it's either the island or the Noah. So he destroys about half of it before Shirohoshi manages to call the Sea Kings to stop the Noah from falling on them. In which the king's like, oh, at least they saved half of it. The promise right. isn't quite broken yet, Joy Boy. Hey, well, hey, it can be fixed. Yeah, yeah, it can be. This was an interesting moment when the the Sea Kings are like, "Hey, I think this guy can hear us too." Yeah, you think so? Remember the last time that happened? Rayleigh, who's talking right now? <laughs> You're just hearing things, Captain. Yes. Goldie Roger could also understand the Sea Kings. I'm sure that has no correlation whatsoever. Nah, not at all. Nah, 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 nah. All right, so the day is saved, and the, the, the fish people are all, yay, Luffy's our hero! Yay, yay! Let's throw a big party! Ah, uh, the way One Piece always ends its arcs. Yes, Great they throw a big parties. party. They make a big mistake. <laughs> yes. And they decide to feed Luffy all of the candy that they had left at, at the at the candy factory. Which is apparently very delicious. And I can understand why they would want him to have some. But there are ramifications to that. Indeed there are. 
But they have a big party and they have a big, big show. And Luffy's like, I don't want nothing. I don't want to be a hero. We can throw you a banquet. Now you're speaking my language. I don't want to be a hero. A hero is someone who would give away his meat, and I don't want to do that. And Zoro's like, I don't want to be a hero. A hero's the kind of guy who would share his booze, and I'm not gonna. It's always guys, booze with Zoro. What, their ideas <laughs> of what a hero is is just like, guys, no. Even in the filler arc, they're like, he, she ate all the food. Uh, whatever. And the booze. Oh, hell no. <laughs> There's some food over there. Eh, whatever. There's also booze. All right. Now we're talking. Zoro on the purely liquid diet. <laughs> uh, I still really like that that moment from earlier in the arc when Zoro drinks so much booze that he passes out. And they're like, he drank himself into submission. <laughs> No, drank himself into compliance. That that was the word, I think. <laughs> Just, true. True. Indeed. Of course, he wouldn't have had any trouble getting out if he wanted to. Uh, but there's important stuff to discuss at this banquet. So Jinbei once again tries to tell Luffy something, which he's not going to pay attention to. <laughs> but big, big developments are happening in the world right now, uh, such as... Uh, Aokiji and Akainu fought over leadership of the Marines, and they had a long battle. What was it, like 10 days? And eventually, Aokiji lost, and he left the Marines. Hmm. But he was such a chill guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I would be concerned about how the... Marines might be run under a Kainu. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, the Marines, that's run by uh, Captain Asshole. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah, def definitely. Uh, what was the other thing that Jinbei told Luffy about? I don't even remember. But I feel like there was uh, another thing. I think it had to do with a new warlord. Mm, oh, if I no, right. no, 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 no. I think it was that Blackbeard became. Oh, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, Black Blackbeard became uh, a Yonku. What's the what was was the uh, the what's what's the other pirate emperor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He became one of the emperors. So Blackbeard kind of filled the void of Whitebeard in that respect. Uh, that is very unfortunate, but is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, naturally, Luffy's like, Akainu? I don't like that guy. Blackbeard? I don't like that guy. I mean... Well, I'll fight him when I see him. <laughs> that's, that's about all... If he cares about. Oh no, but there's trouble. Some oh, no. of Big Mom's enforcers have arrived looking for that candy shipment. And they don't have any candy to give her. What will Mama. happen? Well, Mama don't like that. Mama, Mama don't like that. <laughs> uh, 
I love uh, Bear Tomiko's tub. <laughs> Suck it, <laughs> I am very French. <laughs> yes. Would not have expected the Lion Man to have a turtle shell. <laughs> Real Master Roshi over here. Also, his his cute little eyes. I wonder he wears those sunglasses everywhere. Yeah, so uh, Peckham's is the Lion Man's name, and Baron Tomago, a very egg-shaped, very tall man with a teacup on his head. Does he keep that tea hot? I wonder. Uh, they show up looking for the usual shipment of candy from Fishman Island because, as you may recall, much, much earlier in this arc when they were kind of going through town, they passed the the candy factory and mentioned that Big Mom uh, is uh, protecting Fishman Island because of the candy, kind of stepping in where Whitebeard left in a void. You know, Whitebeard left a lot of voids. <laughs> so she ain't going to be happy that they uh, don't have any candy for her. They're like, look, look please understand... The factory's been destroyed. It's going to take a couple of days for us to make some more candy. Like, no, 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 that's unacceptable. And then Luffy has to show up and make things <laughs> so much worse. Thanks, Luffy. They're like, we don't we don't have any candy. He's like, boy, that candy was great. You got any more? Oh, what was that you say baby. about candy? Oh. But things uh, kind of work out in the end as uh, they, they, they call up Mama was a very foreboding figure in this visual. I, I don't think they're doing a good job of visualizing Big Mom here. Like, you would have the impression that her saliva's, like, steaming hot. I, I very much got a job of a hut feel from her in this, these early episodes. Like, her, her saliva seems so hot, and it, it touches the ground, and it just steams. Like, she doesn't have a volcano floor. She doesn't have acid spit. <laughs> nope. Uh, so Luffy has really ticked off Big Mom, but offers in compensation. We're getting all this treasure from the Fishman Island. So how about I give you all that treasure in exchange for the candy? He's like, but I want the candy. I don't want the treasure. And her guys are like, okay, okay, Mama, now listen. It's a lot of treasure. We could certainly use the money. We recently had some setbacks, but we'll be sure to pick you up something delicious on our way home. So begrudgingly, she agrees to the deal, but Luffy also manages to piss her off even more. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Luffy. Like, <laughs> I like this island. It's going to be my territory from now on. You know, I'm going to come up there and Beat the crap out of you. <laughs> and Mama is amused by this little man, this little brat, and decides to take the deal and we'll deal with him when the time comes. Smooth, Luffy. Very smooth negotiating. Yet somehow it works out. Huh? <laughs> Must be that uh, main character armor. 
So that situation is more or less sorted out, except the one of the ministers rushes up to the king. is like, we've made a terrible mistake. What's that? The tomato box was in that treasure. Oh, well, I, that's okay. He's like, no, but I rigged it to explode. Oh, oh shit. That's bad. And they're giving that treasure to Big Mom? Oh, no. <laughs> that's very bad. By the way, the, the, the pills that they've been taking apparently came from the tomato box. And it all goes along with the legend because we see what happens to Forty and his crew. They all aged instantly after it's the effect wore off. kind of sad, almost. Yeah, you don't really have to worry about them busting out of jail, I think. No, I think they're I think that they, they, that's probably the best place for them, like not even just talking justice wise. They're pretty uh not capable of doing anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and one more lore dump for the road. <laughs> because Robin has a conversation with the king about Joy Boy and the previous mermaid that was able to control the Sea Kings. The ancient weapon known as Poseidon. Ooh, another angel weapon. Yes, and now Shirahoshi has inherited that role. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot that goes along with that. Apparently, uh, Joy Boy uh, had a relationship with the, with the previous... Poseidon and the promise of the Noah relates to Joy Boy promising to return. But we're not really given any specifics per se, you know, it's all very vague. Oh yeah. Sure Hoshi's very, very important and very, very dangerous. So the Straw Hats are finally leaving. Hooray! <laughs> oh, the sooner we leave, the better. Yeah. But Shirahoshi's like, no, you can't leave. It's like, it's okay. We'll, we, we'll, we'll meet again someday. He's like, yes, someday I want to go on another stroll with you. Oh, to your mother's grave? No, no, no. I want to go somewhere else. Oh, Luffy. <laughs> Negative text. Negative, negative tact. So they all promise Shirahoshi that they'll see her again. And Luffy wraps his long, stretchy finger around her big finger. And everybody else uh, joins in except for Zoro and Frankie. They're not they're not in the not in the finger thing. <laughs> but they're there in spirit. It's a nice moment. And then they leave and they uh, run into those whales on the way up to the surface. And then after this stupid four-episode tie-in to uh, Film Z, they come upon an ocean that is on fire. What? That's kind of ridiculous. It's got lava and fire. The only thing it's missing is us on it. Yes, exactly. That is Luffy's logic. Uh, our special new log post that shows three needles instead of one, because apparently that's a necessary thing to have in the new world. That is also explained at the end of this arc. Uh, none of them are pointing to this island. Who cares? It's right in front of us. Oh, Luffy. 
Oh, Luffy. But we'll talk about Punk Hazard another time. So, this story arc was very heavy in the themes of drugs are bad, racism is bad, and also, Luffy stopped racism. Just remember, don't be <laughs> racist. Luffy is a pirate. Punching it in the face. Punch racism in the face. You heard it here first. Actually, it's not the worst the, solution, really. It isn't the, 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 the moment that ended racism was when Jinbei offered blood to Luffy. Oh, racism yeah. has ended. And then Luffy's like, you should join my crew. And he's like, I can't do that yet, but maybe. <laughs> put Perhaps a pin in someday. One day, put a, CPD. Put, a, put a pin in that. <laughs> and all the kids are like, I want a straw hat like Luffy. He's like, well, we'd have to go up to the surface to get that. And there's bad people. Wait, wait um, th- there's some bad people on the surface. <laughs> We're learning our lesson not to judge people by the race. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all well and good, but what about all the humans above the surface? <laughs> yeah, racism's still alive and well there, but you know what else is alive and well in there? Classism. Oh boy, even better. You've heard of racism, but now we've made the <laughs> sequel Classism. <laughs> yeah, it um, it's it's it kind of fumbles the themes in this arc, to be sure. But most of I, all, the the anime version of this is just so bloated when they get to the fights. It, I appreciate what it's trying to say, and I agree with what it's trying to say, but its execution is uh, mm. yeah. Yeah, Fishman Allen's an interesting arc. It's one of those, like, obviously I kind of have to giant asterisk. I'm a white guy, so, like, you know, dump truck full of salt on any comments related to, like, the arc that's about racism, uh, particularly, like, structural and societal racism, right? Like, it's it's very much about all that, so I, I really can't comment on it with actual lived experience um but i i think it's like you guys are saying it's like fishman island feels like the in in some sense at the highest level like obviously it gets the basics right like racism bad uh, i think we can all agree on that uh, and sh- and should be thwarted and that there is a sort of generational aspect to it right it's not just like oh one person one time was mean Right, like it's something that's carried on and can echo through generations, and and that there is a sort of like okay, in order to sort of solve these problems, we do have to make the changes, not just on this individual level, but going forward, right? But some of the specifics get a little, little funky, and you know, it's hard to say how much is just personal opinion, how much is just lack of you know, life experience for Oda, right? Because, like, I don't necessarily know his lived experience either, but, you know, we're, we're playing in this kind of space of, like, violence versus nonviolence, and the arc seems to kind of say, well, you know, nonviolence, it, it, it does seem to lean heavy on that, uh, or if it doesn't necessarily lift it up, but it seems to be like, well, nonviolence would be the way, right, if only we could just do that, but 
it's a little little tough. I mean, quite literally, the Straw Hats are up against a system that is using violence to enforce racism, right? Like that's what the world government and the Navy, that's like, that's what they do. The celestial dragons are not nicely keeping racism going. They're doing it with guns <laughs> and, yeah. and super powered wizards. Like, <laughs> so, you know, the notion that you could just kind of like nice that away. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it, it seems, uh, uh, it seems idealistic at best and uh, not completely and utterly. Um, no, I don't think it's necessarily saying that that's the only one. Cause I mean, we didn't nice away Horty. We had to beat the shit out of Horty. Well, that's well. I mean. That's kind of the problem though, because like with Shirohoshi and, and her, you know, with her mother and everything, <laughs> yeah, the queen, yeah. it's very, she's very much the sort of like idealized figure. Right. Um, and that like, even Fisher, like Fisher Tiger's kind of dramatic death, right? Like there's the sense that, if only he had allowed sort of like love into his heart, he wouldn't have been a villain. It, it, it gets, it just gets really messy when you're talking about that kind of thing. And especially, I guess, kind of, I mean, obviously he does some things that on, in an individual sense would be distasteful, but like he is under this like oppressive global system that is designed to, to kind of grind him and his people to dust I mean, how else do you get out from under that? Like, you're going to do some things that are probably unsavory. Uh, you know, it, it, it gets it gets real icky. It's like it, it's I, like I do. I certainly like we love the racism bad message and it should not be a thing. But once the further we get into the specifics and it, it gets a little head scratching sometimes to figure out what the takeaway is. <laughs> um, yeah. And I it, it's kind of a catch 22. You know, on the one hand, you do want at least I would think, right? Like uh, we, we want uh, art to, to, at the end of the day, you know, communicate positive messages on some level. Um, this is a manga that is aimed at children, right? At, at young people. Um, so we don't want them to be like, we don't want to be like, oh, racism never happens anymore and you don't have to be exposed to it. Like we, we do kind of want to introduce them to that, but it's like by by sort of, you know, Fishman Island is just aware enough that we, like, and it's just... Like, it's not tiptoeing around it. We're not doing little metaphors. Like, we're talking about literal, like, the celestial dragons and what they're doing and everything at uh, uh, Sabadi and all that. Like, this stuff is 100% out there and very well detailed and thought out. So it's like you kind of have to be even more critical of it when it drops the ball, if that makes sense. Like, it's opened the conversation Mm -hmm. up that much. So you can't help but be that much more critical of it. I don't necessarily, like, like, even a comparable work, right, Dragon Ball, where Frieza has a giant slave army that he uses to commit genocide for real estate, like profits, like that's also textual, but the work doesn't really dwell on it all that much. Like, it's just kind of like, ah, he's just the new bad guy to fight. And we shoot laser beams at him and yell. Um, it's his job, but it's not what we ever really see him do. He, he's just bad guy who hurts bad, good people. That, that's what Frieza does. Right. And it's like, so it's like, we're not really, we don't dwell on it enough. It really is just another way to get to more laser shooting and screaming. Um, but one piece is like, you know, it, it, it's really, we're really getting in there. We're really digging in the weeds. We're kind of, we're elbows deep in this autopsy. And so we kind of have to be a little more critical of it when it doesn't quite measure up to the, some of the themes that it's trying to execute on, which is a shame. Yeah, I would agree. I, 
I think overall it's an admirable effort. <laughs> but yeah, sure. And honestly, the the like those themes, the 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 racism themes in particular, is probably one of the most well handled parts of this arc. Mm. Whereas a lot of the other elements are just not very good. <laughs> the whole leading up to story time with Jinbei was wrought with gags of Sanji losing blood and yeah, I'm a little mixed on now. Of course, I'm I'm mainly remembering the manga here, but like the one thing I do like about the, I mean, I'll just go ahead and full say I really don't like the like Sanji is horny jokes. Like that's not my favorite thing of One Piece. Of all the things that are my favorite no. in One Piece, that's through the floor, <laughs> man. It's way down there. I will <laughs> say, however. I do at least appreciate that the thing with the, when he like finds the mermaids and, you know, nosebleed rockets around for a while. It's like, yeah, that's not really funny, but at least there's like a, like a negative effect. Cause it like gets them noticed. Right. Like there's some, like it, at least there's like a, not like a negative impact. Like, okay, yes, you're horny, but your thirst is causing trouble for the crew. Like I'm okay with that at least as like a, as a consequence. Then I'm, I'm I, a little... I, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of dislike it more because it's a story beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, I would prefer it just not, but rather than just <laughs> yeah. like, rather than have like Sanji literally say but it, like, yeah. a snake and viper himself around a girl and they just go, Sanji, you, you <laughs> silly no, boy. Luffy, Luffy's the one that snake and vipers around a <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Ooh, what's with this new log pose? Let me see, Nami. <laughs> never done this in the history of ever. What are you doing? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's like, at least at least it's not just kind of shrugged off. There is like a, oh, wow, this actually had a negative consequence <laughs> yeah. for the crew. I appreciate that aspect of it at the very least. Because usually <sighs> it's just like, oh, Sanji. Oh, you. You silly That's, goose. But so, <laughs> so much of the conflict here is just a matter of oh, nobody has all the information that they need and they're jumping to conclusions. <laughs> the straw hats appeared and the mermaids disappeared. This must be related. Well, sort of. They ended up bringing a terrible mud man with them. Jumping to conclusions. The story arc. <laughs> if only we talked things out. Yeah, if who, only. Who does that? Who does we that? We talked things out. What did we learn from Otahime? <laughs> you gotta talk things out, people. She managed to have a conversation with the celestial dragons. I really would have liked to have seen that. I I would love to have been a fly on that wall. Just be like, something had to happen there, man. Yeah, something. Oh yeah, at least there's a a story consequence for Sanji's horniness. Um, and I will say that I do like the general vibe of Fishman Island. Like, I think in terms of like setting aside some of the heavier themes for a moment, I do think there's a lot of great, like the things that make an art good in general, right? Like there's lots of whimsy, you know, mm -hmm. the ship in the bubble going into the ocean, which I, I can't help but wonder if Oda was playing Dragon Quest six and, and the, the bubble <laughs> mechanic there. Gave him an idea, but like the, <laughs> the ship in the bubble going to the undersea place, you've got all the fishes and the mermaids. And, you know, I think um, the the all the like the, the various sizes and shapes of characters, there's lots of fun, cool character designs introduced. I particularly enjoy the enthusiasm with which mermaids were designed in this arc, because I feel like a lot of times 
in most media. Now, of course, I just I can't say I've seen a lot of mermaid media, but I feel like a lot of times mermaid designs are like, whoa, a mermaid. It's a, like a lower fish body, but then the upper part is just like a person. Like it's just like a normal person, but there's lots of just like not just sort of humanoid mermaids, but like monstrous ones or like shark ones and like all kinds of interesting character designs there. Um, the, the whole environment looks really cool. The, it, like it feels like a fun, interesting place to tell stories. I like all the, you know, it, it, it works. It really works for me. And I think it's a good continuation into what's coming down the road. Like this, uh, it's a very fun and interesting place. It's not just like a tropical Island there are ships, right? Like it feels like a very distinct and kind of one PC thing. And just by its very mm-hmm. existence, you know, you know, even setting aside all the stuff with Shirohoshi and all that, it's like, you're telling me there can be an Island on the bottom of the sea where people can live there. Like the world building and setting implications of that are just, you know, he, even just like with Skypea, just like the, the concept of it opens up all these ideas and all these possibilities um, that are so fun. And it, I do think there's some missed opportunities here. And this is one of my, I guess, longer criticisms of One Piece is that like one of the key downsides of the devil fruit is not being able to swim. You would feel like this is, ex- this is the arc where that's going to come up a lot, right? They're surrounded by water. <laughs> this is the worst possible place to be. Um, yeah, it's just more or less a, uh, inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, eh, we're just not going to really address that. Um, so uh, I am kind of let down by that, but at least in concept, right, that this is like, how does how does Fishman Island have like any level of autonomy and stuff like that? Like, like they are surrounded by water and one of the key power sources in the setting is devil fruit. So like, you know, in theory, that's kind of a, a way to mitigate, you know, that's a, allows them to be this kind of isolated city state, right? In addition to being at the bottom of the ocean. Um, so there's lots of fun, interesting stuff here and, and cool lore and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's good. Like, I think that is a positive thing about the arc and it feels very distinct. You know, as soon as you say Fishman Island, like there's a, uh, you're, you're there, there's a visual, like the cat, the cast and the characters, like all of it works. Um, and it could just be like a little mermaid reference where you've got like talking fish and stuff, but like, no, it definitely feels like its own distinct space that's unique and isn't really one you see a whole lot of in, you know, uh, lots of other media necessarily. Um, or you know, when there are places like this, they may not spend a lot of time there, right? Like, Oh, we have to go visit Aquaman and Atlantis for like one scene. And then we leave like, no, they really spend a lot of time there. And so I, I do think that that's all positive stuff to say about the arc. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot less neon than, uh, Atlantis tends to look. Yeah. <laughs> but there's still some really futuristic things like the the Futurama tubes in the in the mermaid district. There's there's all these districts and there's clearly classism. Yeah. And also the king decides the best solution to ne'er dwellers is we're gonna close the fishman district. You're all gonna come work for me in the army. That'll solve it. We, we, that, that'll, we see that'll it, solve poverty. If we don't see it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> there is no poverty in Fishman Island. <laughs> yeah, something like that. There is no war in Bossing Say. Yeah. I mean, that that one guy that the queen berated is like, I uh, my store got trashed and I had to steal food for my children. It's like, we should have been there for you. You're right. You should have. What did you do after? Good question. We don't know. <laughs> These things were not explored. 
definitely could have could have done some more exploration there. <laughs> but uh, uh, I can't believe I didn't mention in the in the flashback part that the queen drunk calls the whole kingdom. <laughs> oh yes, she did. And you know what? She said some very compelling things during that drunk call. She did. And she also made it very clear that she is the little mermaid that wants to spend time up 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 on the surface, up, up in the sun. Up where they walk, up where, <laughs> up where they, they run, where all they spend all day in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, the only reason that we live in this part of the deep, deep ocean is because it's the one part where we can get sunlight. If you go up there, there's sunlight everywhere. It's a, it's a very compelling argument, ma'am. Um, frankly, I don't know why you haven't just like sequestered an island or something up there. Just find some random island that's not claimed and just be like, oh, this is ours now. There's definitely islands like that out there. Oh, yes. You don't have to like get approval from the world nobles to do that. Probably. <laughs> I mean, <I'm, laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, that it does seem strange that they wouldn't that they wouldn't try to establish some kind of city above the water somewhere. But ah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the Queen drunk calling everybody was great. <laughs> wouldn't want you to have another one of those hangovers, dear. <laughs> I love the king. The king's a great character. And so is Ojihime. She's a great character. I'm sad. I'm sad that she died. For as but, overly idealistic as you may argue she is, her heart was 100% in the right place. Yes. Yes. And well, it all kind of correlates because um, her her reasoning for going up to the surface probably wouldn't have happened if Jinbei didn't become one of the warlords and allowed the slaves to come home. And that wouldn't have happened if all the things with Tiger didn't happen and he didn't form the Sun Pirates. So, you know, it's all, it's all kind of... It's all connected. <laughs> her, her way of pacifism probably wouldn't have gotten the job done all by itself. And that's kind of where the where they're glorifying it. It it doesn't quite yeah, it doesn't quite work. It's a nice thought. Yeah. It, again, it's yeah. kind of it's a messy. It's kind of a messy. Like especially, they, I don't know. It, it feels it feels very strange. I guess maybe this is it. Fishman Island feels strangely like trying to find some sort of middle subtle kind of path between violence and nonviolence or something when I don't know, you think about any's lobby and you know Luffy's like shoot down that flag I don't care I'm here to destroy the state I'm a pirate um, <laughs> for even one friend and then it's like mm -hmm. you come face to face with this like entire group of people who are you know like you have like he has been to Sabati and like interrupted the slave trade and it's like I just don't like it. It's hard not to come away and like immediately think like Luffy would see it like on an even grander scale and not think like yeah let's just burn all this to the ground, 
you know, so, I mean, and I, he is on his way to do that, but it just seems kind of like, feels like there should be more oomph there, I guess, rather mm-hmm. than just kind of like, ah, it's sad that the queen died. Like it is. Yeah, but... well, he didn't hear that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. I guess it just feels a little, a little, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like the, the, the lesson of the nonviolence is kind of right there in it. Like she tried the nicest way possible and it, well, mm-hmm. see how that turned out. Like <laughs> you can't nice away this kind of thing, sadly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. how does that all make Nami feel in the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She understands, but right. Comma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that that too, like the like Arlong, like Arlong Park is such a I don't know such a pivotal moment, and it feels like we could spend a lot more time with Nami and her feelings about this, and Mm -hmm. like really unpacking like how do you how do you wrestle with the fact that the person who did something horrible to you like doesn't necessarily make them a good person, but the path they were set on is something that's like this multi generational trauma. Right. Like that, that's created this, like, how do you, how do you square that circle? Like what, there's some really complex feelings. Now, again, this is a manga for children, but like, there's, there's a really rich opportunity there for some like amazing character moments. And it's just kind of like, well, we're just not going to do that. <laughs> it kind of feels no, like we want to get to the punching. Yeah. Which again, I like, don't get me wrong. I love seeing a big punch. One piece is great for that. Like I want to see the big, you know, I want to see Luffy go like, look at my giant Popeye fist. Like, I love that, man. Like, don't get me wrong. It just feels like, like what an opportunity there would be there for like an amazing character moment for one of the like original core cast members. And especially because you're doing the callback, right? Like we're, we're talking about Arlong right now. Like now's a great time to do this, you know, and yet again, and that's, you know, one of the ongoing criticisms of the post timeskip era. It's like, we've got this amazing core cast. The straw hats are such great characters. They have so much depth. Like these events would be like, you know, that whether it's said or in the text or not, like this, this kind of thing has got to be going through Nami's mind and all like a lot of complex emotions. And it's like, if we pause for even a little bit to unpack some of that or reflect on it, it would be so powerful, so powerful, but it just doesn't really happen. It's kind of like, but why? <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Which is not necessarily fair to judge it for what it's not, but it just feels like it's, it feels like that's what we're building up to, right? Like it's an alley-oop, it's right there. But then mm-hmm. we introduce, like we introduce Fisher Tiger and we introduce, you know, Koala. And like we introduce all these new characters who are also feeling things and that's great. But the core cast, I feel like could weigh in here on some level too. And it's like, why aren't we doing that even a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, it almost feels like Koala's kind of substituting for Nami's trauma. Right, right. A little bit, even though she ends up being a very important character down the line. Sure, no, yeah, and I love Koala too. Like, don't get, like, I mean, that's the, that's the problem, even more so with one. It's like, I wish, it's almost like I wish the post-timeskip characters that keep getting introduced in every island were bad characters. I wish I didn't like them so that I could just <laughs> rumble about it, but it's like, like we're not spending time with the cast that I love, but we keep introducing characters that I also love. Like, stop it! I'm conflicted. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but, it is a growing problem, to be sure. Yeah, I mean, Wano is ter- well. I won't get into it, but Wano is a very long arc that introduces a lot of characters that I really love. But we also, because of that, there's just less 
like per panel per page, there was just less space for the existing cast that I also already love. And so Fishman Island is the beginning of an ongoing trend, um, which is a shame. Mm. Zoro's due for some big lore thing at this point. <laughs> but I wonder if he'll ever have it. Uh, no comment, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, he not only found his rival again, but he submitted to his rival to become his rival's pupil in order to uh, ensure that his captain could become king of the pirates. Yeah. It was a very humbling moment, and it's it's wonderful. It's a, it's a good growth on his part. But it's also like, yeah, but... I mean, there's there's certainly more we can unpack with Zorro. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get it. I mean, uh, I definitely didn't expect there to be so much more to Sanji. <laughs> I by the time we got to to Hulk egg, but yeah, I feel that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late to add some layers. Oh yeah, Fishman Island. We got through it. <laughs> Somehow. It's a thing. It's very good that they were airing this twice a week because there were some oh. episodes where not a heck of a lot happened. I like, will say I will say this for the Wano adaptation. I feel like the anime elevates the core text. I have heard that. Like and the Wano anime is, I would say, eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten just dynamite and actually i have appreciated reading the manga and then i you know I'm, I'm going going behind as the anime comes out and watching them again it has given me a greater appreciation for the arc than just when i was reading it which is pretty impressive i think yeah I'd agree. Uh, so like that's that's something to look forward to now i know that's a little ways away but like once you get there <laughs> like i i, I and, and again not to oversell because we were talking about Fishman island but like one piece, the anime for one piece, like this is a, a recurring problem. I mean, most shown in adaptations, like this is a struggle. How do you keep delivering week after week after week? A lot of times the team just has to get in what they can and it's a struggle. But like there are times in, in Wano that I've been like, I don't know, watching like say um, One Piece Stampede or Dragon Ball Super Broly. And it's like, oh my God, this animation is incredible you know we're never going to see it's like again and then sometimes like week to week in wano the one piece anime will deliver a sequence that i'm just like gobsmacked by it's, it's like movie quality i'm like they're airing this mm -hmm. on television like i'm not being charged to to watch this like oh my god so you do have that to look forward to there is light at the end of that tunnel <laughs> yeah in the meantime the animation's pretty subpar most of the time <laughs> it's a little dodgy, a little dodgy. in uh in this arc it gets it gets a little better in Punk Hazard, but it it doesn't really improve dramatically in, for a while. Uh, I mean, Hulk Cake looks a little bit better. Certainly, at at point they there are episodes where they 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 bring out really good animation, but they're pretty few and far between. Like. Man, Fishman Island had some real rough animation sometimes. <laughs> and other times it was just like, look at this pan. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's easier to look away from the screen, to be honest. I feel like uh, Dressrosa definitely stepped up the game a little bit. 
Oh yeah, forget that. Def- definitely, parts of Dressrosa look look a lot better, a lot better. So kind of a kind of a chore to get through, particularly this this second part of Fisherman Island, which is just a long, long fight. <laughs> I mean, they do they, spend... they just do a lot. It, it reminds me of the fake Karkura arc and Bleach. There's just so many fights. They they do spend like eight episodes on the flashbacks. Which are all pretty interesting, and I don't think they could necessarily do them faster than that. But then you get to the big fight, and it just... How many episodes yeah. is it? Is it like more than 20? <laughs> it's crazy. So thank you, Tanami, for airing it twice a week, because we managed to get through this whole arc in less than a year. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to... Really be hoping they're still doing double episodes when they get to Dressrosa. Oh my oh, god. No. It's about double the length. 100 episodes. <laughs> Maybe. It's a Maybe. meaty boy. It's a very meaty boy. Oh it's yeah. Good meaty boy though. So. Much as a dog on this arc. I mean, even a low tier One Piece arc is still pretty darn good. Right, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, even all, with all the issues I have with Fishman Island, like, it's it's still a good arc. It's still, you know, like, a, it's still, it's not even my least favorite arc of One Piece. Like, a, a, there are other, there are lower points, but even still, you know, like... <laughs> it had unused potential. Sure, absolutely, and compared to a lot of the other arcs that have happened in One Piece, it is a letdown when it's not, you know, especially because a lot of the pre-time skip arcs, it just feels like they just build and build and build, and it's just constantly an upward you know trajectory so it's somehow almost more deflating when there's a bit of a downward lull um but i mean like believe me like especially as someone who now has to like do a lot of reviews for ann and i'm having to like you know like i'm constantly like being thrown projects that nobody else wants or (laughs) it's like look we just got to get this out and I have read and seen a lot of Drek. Believe me, even One Piece at its lowest point and its most fumbling is still incredible. Because sometimes, like, when you really get out there and read some of the just, like, filler, right? Some of that stuff that's just, like, stuff that simply exists. You're like, oh, my God. I had it so good. Why did I ever complain? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Oh, you know. There is a sort of familiarity breeds contempt kind of element to it so it's mm. but again like you're saying it's anytime it feels like there's missed potential it's like oh this could have been a home run if only you know that kind of thing agreed oh yeah that was a, a long conversation about fishman island <laughs> i'm shocked i'm shocked we had a long conversation about fishman island last time yeah and the uh, return of the straw hats mini arc which did have some good stuff in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually really happy that Toonami is in... Uh, I'm going to say it right this time, I swear to God. Um, heading into... Uh, I'm going to say the wrong name. What is wrong with my brain? It starts with a P. Yeah, yes. Oh, God. I want I know my brain wants to say the wrong word. And I know that it's not the right word. <laughs> Punk hazard. There it is. <laughs> Why Yay. does my brain want to say the wrong thing? I don't understand this. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, Punk Hazard, when I went through it, was immediately my favorite One Piece arc. So, to know fans wow. great. 
I, I feel like it's all of the best parts of One Piece, but it's compacted into a small package that's very digestible. That's true. It does have everything, basically. It's got uh, the funny, it's got the sad, it's got the exciting. Now, at this point, I'd probably say I'm probably, um, I'd lean more on Tarasarosa, but man, Punk Hazard's really good. Okay. I really do love Punk Hazard. Well, I guess we better have you back arc. for that. <laughs> yeah, sadly, Dressrosa is my least favorite arc. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. No, it's Again, okay. It's still great. I mean, I'm the guy who doesn't like I just Sky think it's so. really long in the tooth, especially as the that's, anime. Yeah, yes, I've never watched point. the entire anime version, but I remember the manga version of Dressrosa just being very hard to follow because there's long. too many yeah. characters. There's so... It's so packed. There's With, a lot going on. I'll def- definitely give you that. How, how many how many sad backstories did they pack into that arc? Oh, yeah, God, I think there's like four or five. Major battle after major battle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Wano both suffers from the same things, but also succeeds in places for me that Dressrosa didn't, so I give it more credit. Good but it is Good even air. longer than Dressrosa, and it has some of the same problems in that sense, so, like, buckle up. But I do love Punk Hazard. <laughs> Punk Hazard's a, I agree, it's a, a really great one-piece arc just kind of writ large it's got a lot of the things that i love including having an amazing name punk hazard yes even if my brain can't remember it yeah (laughs) it's It's so nice you can't even recall it (laughs) exactly it's so good my brain's like wait that's a name oh oh 100 um honestly punk hazard just it's so good it's really well set up and it's gonna be a good ride if you have any thoughts about uh, Fishman Island or uh, anything else, <laughs> you can email us at podcast at com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast and on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, and Amazon. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. You can get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. Grant, as our guest, tell the folks where they can find you. Hey, uh, you can find me at Grant the Thief on Twitter, uh, where I retweet about 4,000 art pieces a day and occasionally make bad jokes. Uh, you can find me on uh, any of my various podcasts, Blade Licking Thieves, reviewing uh, Asian media with some buddies on the couch, uh, Super Senpai podcast where me and a buddy uh, watch Tokusatsu and play games together, and uh, my latest Adventure Tomes, where a good friend and I, uh, she and I, kind of go through either role playing games and talk about how to tell stories and run campaigns in them, or we read books and then talk about how to turn those into role playing campaigns. Uh, and then lastly, you can find me uh, at ANN Anime News Network uh, doing the reviews. I do the One Piece anime reviews on there, uh, as well as a, a, a variety of other things, whatever Monster Girls or Isekais get thrown my way every season. <laughs> what you, what you've been reviewing lately? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, in terms of the weekly stuff, I've actually had a pretty good clutch. Uh, Yakuza Guide to Babysitting, which is pretty Oh, that's sweet. a good one. Yeah, it's very, it's very sugary sweet, uh, so I like that. And uh, My Isekai Life, which surprisingly, for a title like My Isekai Life, is one of the better Isekai that I've reviewed. Um, if for no other reason than uh, the hero, who is, of course, super overpowered, um, 
you know, he's like a, he's summoned from the real world and he's got all the spells and infinite MP and all that stuff. It's really good though, because it has like a bunch of little slime friends, like little dragon quest slimes and like a wolf friend. And like, they're all his little, they like talk to him and they're precious and adorable. So they really make the show worth watching. <laughs> they wear funny hats and they like one has a little eye patch and it's like, yes, baby slimes. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> Oh. Slimes and dreadwolves. I've never heard of any isekai use those before. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that and then of course whatever else comes my way. This, I, the other big one that's great is I'm doing the Fist of the North Star manga reviews because those Viz releases are just gorgeous. Um, so that that's another good one. Every, every nice. month or so, I get to do those. Okay, Laser, tell them where they can find you. I can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. Uh, of course, you can find me on the here on the Two Not Faithful podcast and uh, my articles on Two Not Faithful itself. And you can find me on, well, let's be honest, the uh, V-Lord podcast universe. <laughs> uh, be it the Demon Slayer podcast, the Dumb Waves podcast, and I often guess on some of those other ones because uh, me and V-Lord are buddies. V-Lord, tell us about the V-Lord podcast <laughs> universe. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess to start with, you can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ, and then uh, I write various things for the Tommy Faithful website, as well as MangaMavericks.com, so you can check out my writing over there. And then, yeah, the podcast universe, which is mainly forefronted by the Demon Slayer podcast, where we talk about Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, both the anime and the manga. You can find that on Twitter, at Podcast, and then I do a few other podcasts, the Dumb Weebs podcast, Saturday Night Shaggy, and Oversoul Shaman King podcast, uh, which you can all find on Twitter and on all your podcast platforms of choice uh, by just looking them up. So, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this fairly long podcast where we <laughs> got off topic a couple of times. Uh, as as we do do. and uh, thank you for listening every time we put out a podcast and as a reminder there will be a Batman movie double feature on the upcoming Saturday uh, featuring Batman Hush at 12.30 and Batman Mask of the Phantasm at 2.30am after the season finale of Primal airs on Toonami on September 17th starting at midnight And with that, thank you for listening. And until next time, we're punching out. The Cowabunga Collection! It's real! (laughs) Cowabunga! So tired of seeing Donnie's bow staff every time I scroll through Twitter. It's just right there. (laughs) Just hang there. Oh, I'm sorry, but I thought of it like that's your problem. I was like, I have to do this. (laughs) No. That was the Holy Spirit talking to you. You were right to do that. (laughs) 